open up your Bibles with me, book of Matthew, chapter 17. And we're going to, we're going to jump in here. <laughs> and I promise I'm going to get you out of here quick for a Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, well. <laughs> hey, listen, I let y'all out of here early. We, we, went to, uh, we went to Charleston's. We went and ate. And um, we were coming out of Charleston's, and we met the keyboard player for the Church of God in Christ, and they were just getting there. That was at 3 o'clock. So praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. And then the pastor got there. Heck, pastor didn't get there for another 15 minutes, so we got to meet him. But anyway, so Matthew chapter 17, we'll start with verse 1. It says this, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment became white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elisha talking with him. Then answered Peter and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And while he spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, uh, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And, and as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And so, incredible story. One, one of these, one of these uh, scriptures that when I read it, I prayed and I asked the Lord to give me revelation on it. And uh, finally, after years of prayer, the Lord did finally, after like 20 years, give, give me some insight on this verse of Scripture. But what I want to point out to you in these verses of Scripture this morning is this. You know, we've been talking a lot about revival, about the move of God's Spirit that's happening in the earth. And uh, uh, for th there are some people that are that are, uh, some people are mostly unaware of what God is doing here in this nation and all over the world. And then others have become keenly aware of what God is doing because of the nature of what it is that the Lord has been uh, uh, demonstrating, what he's been manifesting. And so for those of you that aren't aware, and, and I know I, some of you are like, how long are you going to keep on about this? Well, probably forever. Um, but over the first parts of this year, God began to pour out his spirit in a way that was extraordinary. You know, Jesus said something before he left the earth. Uh, over in um, uh, John chapter 14, read that chapter this, uh, uh, this week. Uh, John chapter 14, Jesus says something to his disciples. He said this, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you'll keep my commandments, he said, uh, he said, you love me, he said, and I will, he said, and I will love you and I will manifest myself to you. So we have a promise from Jesus that he will manifest himself to us. Now, what does that mean that Jesus will manifest himself to us? Well, what does the word manifest mean? Uh, the word manifest means 
um, to, uh, to take something that was once hidden or invisible and to put it on display. So manifest means to take something that maybe, maybe it's something like a, a sign. You know, you can put a sign in your yard and it, and it not be seen very well. But if you want it manifested, you'll display it in a way where it can be seen by all. And that's what, that's what manifestation is. So when Jesus said he would manifest himself to us, what was he saying? Well, I will display myself. I'll make myself known to you. How many of you know that if Jesus is going to manifest himself or make himself known to us, that's supernatural. That's supernatural. And that's, that's what we've been seeing happen is supernaturally Jesus is manifesting himself to people that if he hadn't have done what he had done, that what he's done, uh, at some of these universities where he's shown up in the power of his spirit, some of these places where the Holy Spirit is being poured out, where people are falling on their faces and having fellowship with God, some of these people have never, never been a people that, that were praying people, never people that were people that were seekers after the face of God. But all of a sudden, Jesus has manifested himself, and when Jesus manifests himself, something supernatural happens. This is, that's what some of you need in your life today. You need a supernatural happening. You need a manifestation of Jesus in your life. Well, listen, you can't go down to the corner store and, and purchase a manifestation of Jesus. You can't, walk into, you can't walk into just any church, drop an offering in the bucket, and experience or have an encounter with a manifestation of Jesus. In fact, these manifestations that, that, uh, that, that are taking place in the earth are unlike anything that probably this generation has ever seen before. Now, it's not, it's not unique to this generation. Things like this have happened in previous generations. But this generation has never seen anything quite like what is being seen in some place. Now, it, it, because there's not so much hoopla about it, we're not seeing so much on social media about it, things have kind of died down about it, and people aren't getting too excited about it. They're not making a bunch of noise about it. But I'm telling you, Jesus is still manifesting himself. And it's something that he's always desired to do. It's something that he's always wanted to do. You know, God never wanted us to go through this life, just be bopping along through this life, uh, relying upon ourselves and relying upon the strength of our own might. But he wanted us, he wanted us to uh, be strong in him and in the strength of his might. He wanted us to rely upon his strength, upon his might. Amen. So this, this scripture uh, is a, uh, um, tells a story that I think that we need to hear in our, in our generation. You know, Pastor Ben came to us talking about what do we do after, after Jesus starts to manifest himself. You know, some of, some of us here, uh, we, we were, you, were, you all were here for the revival that we had in January that broke out into a revival that went through February and through March and and what, what month are we in? Are we in April now? So now we're in the month of April. And um, it seems like what the Holy Spirit started to do, some of us are going back to normal. We're going back to the way things were prior to what God did by His Spirit in our lives and in this church early in this year. And I want, I want to help you to understand that because 
a lot of times we think that when Jesus shows up, when God shows up, that everything will be changed and transformed and it'll be forever. You might be affected by it forever in some, in some manner, in some way. But what happened in that moment could be lost if we're not careful. What happens in the moment that Jesus manifests himself could be lost if we're not careful. So again, let let me me kind of read some of this to you. So Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John. Now notice, I want you to notice this, and I pointed this out already. Notice that it wasn't all 12 of the disciples that experienced this manifestation that, that happened with Jesus. There were three of them. I want you to take note of that. There are many times that God does things that are powerful and transformational and supernatural where the Spirit of God is manifested, where Jesus manifests himself, and not everyone who is even close to Jesus experiences that manifestation. Not everyone experiences that transformation. When you have an experience or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit or of Jesus in the manner that they had in this verse of Scripture, let me tell you you this, number one, it is uncommon. We've got to quit pretending that that these things of the Spirit, these supernatural happenings, we've got to quit acting like that these things are common and that we can have them anytime that we want to. That we can go along through our life doing whatever it is that we want to do and bebop along through life and have an opportunity somehow or another to have these. You know what? I know there's a lot of people that are out there preaching and, they're, and they talk when they preach. They talk like, ah, oh, it's okay. You can have this anytime that you want to. It's so easy to have it. Listen, if it was so easy to have it, why did it take those people so long to get it? Why haven't they been prominent all of their lives t- talking about how easy it, you know, we have, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but we have a lot of prominent preachers, a lot of people, and I love, the, I love these people, they're anointed of God, they're anointed of the Spirit, and the, the Holy Spirit uses them, and, and, and they came on the scene with power, and God, you know, people like Benny Hinn, or, or uh, people like uh, uh, Brother Rodney Howard Brown, who I admire uh, so much, and Different ones that they have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit operating uh, through their life in a, in a powerful way. But sometimes when you listen to these people, you know, the power and love folks, uh, Todd White and them, you know, you hear them talk. And then when you're hearing them, them talking, they're talking like what they're, what, what they're, what's happening in their lives and what's happening through their lives and how God is like, like somehow or another, this is common and it ought to just happen with everybody. It ought to be easy. Well, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's right. And if if God hadn't, if God, amen. And if God had had the ability to give all of those 12 disciples that experience, don't you think God would have allowed all 12 of them into that experience? But no, there were three of them. And for some reason, there were three of them that God intended to manifest himself in this particular way to them. Number one, let me tell you this. Uh, Here's what I want you to realize. If you've ever had a supernatural encounter with God, something that was inexplicable, where God met you, where he touched you, where he transformed you, where he where he came, where he stepped down and did, did something extraordinary that, that, that brought a little bit or a lot of change to your life, I'm going to tell you something. Number one, you're fortunate. What happened to you is not common. 
You've got to quit believing that what God has done in you is common. You know what? When God started gathering people into this church to become Winner's Church, God wasn't gathering a bunch of common people. God began to gather a bunch of people that were uncommon, that had supernatural experiences, that had God do something in them that he didn't do in some other people. He didn't, anybody, he wasn't just drawing those people. He was drawing those people that he intended to get, to, 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 that he intended to manifest himself to in a supernatural fashion. We've got to understand that God is at work. Yeah, but Brother Ziggy, we've been, we've been through a lot. You don't think they went through a lot? I mean, one of them, Peter. Peter was there, and he experienced this, this thing that none of the other, you know, except for two of the other disciples. I mean, only, <laughs> only a quarter of the disciples experienced what Peter experienced on this day. And he's one of the ones who, in the end, when Jesus is about to die, denies him three times. Heck, we don't even have to go, we don't even have to go back that far. When, when Jesus is telling him, I'm going to die, and Peter says, no, you're not, Lord. Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. I mean, here's Peter who saw Jesus transfigured. One quarter of the disciples that were chosen by God for him to manifest himself in that way for a reason, for a purpose. God, you know, God doesn't do, do, God doesn't do stuff for no reason. There was something that happened in Peter that day and in those other disciples. And then, then somewhere down the road, Jesus seemingly is picking on Peter, making it hard for him. About to throw my Bible. Because some of y'all are sitting here today and, and you're sitting in this church and some of you have felt picked on by preachers. You felt picked on by God. You felt picked on by Jesus. You felt like you've had to endure suffering. You felt like you've had to endure struggle. You felt like you've been misunderstood. You felt like you've, you felt like you've been used as an example, like you've been paraded in front of people and, and, and God has taken and used you as an example sometimes of what not to do. And you felt jilted, and you felt cheated, and you felt hurt. Go ahead, man. Imagine what Peter must have felt like. Imagine, imagine what. Listen, if listen to me, church. Peter sees Jesus transfigured. Peter has a great idea. Let's and we'll get to that in a second. Let's build three. I mean, Peter is in. And then Jesus says, listen, it's all over with. And he says, listen, fellas, let's keep this between us. Don't tell nobody else about it. How special are you going? Listen, I, I get together with three or four of y'all and say, hey, listen, I'm just telling you this. And y'all are like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I met with pastor and I, I can't talk about it. Imagine, imagine it being Jesus and Jesus saying, boys, this is just between us. You'd be like, mm-hmm. You roll up in there and you, all of a sudden you, you look like one of the tallies, get their nice hair going. <laughs> what you fellas do? Oh, nothing. We're just chilling. We're just chilling with Jesus. 
just hanging with Jesus. Now, see, now you're, you're, now you're part of the cool kids. You think you're, you think you're in there with Jesus. And then, and, then, and then Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some say you're this, some say that. Well, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my father, which is a, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of... Well, Peter's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's now he looking at James and John, and he's like, mm-hmm. Y'all see what's happening here, right? I'm getting elevated a little more here. But then, all of a sudden, Jesus says, I'm going to die. And Peter says, now Peter's been, he's been, he's been, he's been batting a thousand, man. He's, I mean, he's been hitting, he's been hitting it out of the park. Jesus says, I'm going to die. Peter, well-meaning, well-meaning says, oh Lord, you're not going to, we wouldn't let that happen to you. And all of a sudden this, this one who has been favored, who has experienced the man, listen to what I'm telling you, who has experienced the manifestation who seems to have been elevated a little higher than the others. Now, all of a sudden, he says, no, Jesus, you're not going to. It's something very simple. And Jesus turns to him, and this elevated one gets a rebuke that no other disciple ever got. Jesus turns to him and calls him Satan. And tells him, get behind me. There is nothing that will let the air out of your sails. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, some of y'all, some of y'all go, I'm, I'm committed to the Lord. I love Jesus. You don't get your hand shook. I'm never going back to that church. They didn't even shake my hand. Come on, somebody. That's, I didn't feel, no one even, I don't feel like everybody even talks to me when I go. I go and they ignore me and I bless God. I just, you know, I, that's why I don't go to church. I hate church. Hmm. See this, it's awfully quiet in this video. Here's what we don't understand is that when God does uncommon things in you, he expects uncommon things from you. Did you hear what I just said? If you're sitting in this church today, it's because God has done some things that are uncommon in you and with you. And he expects some things from you that he expects some things from you that he doesn't expect from you. You know what? If he turns to you and he rebukes you and tells you something that will, that will cause you to become elevated higher and come to a higher place in him, he's expecting that you can handle it. But see, some of us, we want to have these uncommon experiences 
and then him not expect something uncommon from us. Maybe that's why these other disciples weren't involved in that whole Mount of Transfiguration thing. <clears throat> Maybe that's why, that's why three quarters of them were, were exempted from the experience. Because there was only a quarter of them that had a willingness in their heart to endure whatever it is they might have to endure to facilitate the uncommon. Boy, y'all are listening to me today. I'm so glad. Now, so Peter, you know what? Peter could have been jilted. Peter could have got a bad attitude. Peter could have gone to, you know, uh, Peter could have left the Jesus, first church of Jesus to go to the second church of Barabbas. I don't have enough time to make the connection, but anyway. <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what Peter did. You know what Peter did? He hunkered down. He took it. This nation has become a nation filled with snowflakes and butterflies. People that, can't, people that can't have fellowship with someone who disagrees with them. Who can't go to the same church as someone who's affiliated with a, another political party. Who can't put up with, they can put up with their own sin, but can't put up with someone else's sin. <laughs> I can't hang out with you because when I hang out with you, you get me in the flesh. Is that really my problem? Go ahead, man. Boy, that's right. <laughs> Is that really my problem? You can't hang out with me because when you hang out with me, you can't live for God? Go ahead, man. Well, you make me angry. Is that really my problem? Maybe, maybe we need to make adjustments. Maybe we need, maybe we need to, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll tell you right now. Jesus wasn't about to let Peter off the hook. When he looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan, that's the way that it was. Peter, Peter either had to absorb that, receive that, let the Lord elevate him beyond that, and continue to walk with Jesus. Or be jilted for the rest of his life. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I can't think of not one person right now in my mind. I can't think of one person that would remain if I looked at them and said publicly in front of everyone, get behind me, Satan. Not without there being a whole lot of re Repair. Damage control. A lot of taken out to lunches and dinners. 
gifts and <laughs> but Peter, you know what? It wasn't like Jesus said, it wasn't like Jesus afterwards said, come over here, Peter, it's all right, man. I didn't mean to call you that. No, man, he left it there. Bro, it is what it is. Then Peter, Peter's got to feel a little bit, you know, a little bit. Then he's on a boat one day. And Jesus comes walking on the water. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, just say the word. And I will come out there and join you. Go ahead, Peter. Peter, step out. Oh, glory to God. And there he's walking on the wall. Woo! See, now he's feeling good again. I'm restored. Jesus called me. He looking at them other disciples. Y'all in the boat. I'm on the water. And he starts looking around, sees the wind blowing. Starts to sink. <laughs> Jesus has to rescue him. Come on, Peter. He gets another rebuke. Why did you, why did you, why'd you look at the way? Why'd you, why'd you waver in your faith, Peter? See, this is, this is that whole deal to whom much is given, much is required. Right. Yeah, Peter. They come to take Jesus. They're in that garden. Jesus has been praying. They come to take Jesus and arrest him. They show up. They said, where's Jesus? Jesus says, I'm him. Man, Peter, Peter's the only one jumps up with a sword to defend you. Cut some old boy's ear off. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is like, Peter, Peter. Jesus has to heal that old boy's ear. He had to put that boy's ear back on. <laughs> Jesus had to put that old boy's ear back on. Peter's like, but Lord, I'm the only one that did. Listen, before, before the cock crows, how many times? Twice. You're going to deny me how many times? Peter said, no, no, Lord. There is, I'm, I would die for you. He's, he was singing the Prince song. I will die for you. <laughs> it went up, Prince. Okay, yeah, that, that'll show my age. But anyway, that's why I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm finished up here. So, so <laughs> what happens? Peter denies Jesus. Peter. He, and he goes all the way with it. He's cussing. That's right. Bible says he went to cursing, cussing. That's right. I, know, I know, see, some of you as Christians, you're, it's not wrong to cuss. Oh, is that why Peter did it? So he wouldn't be associated with Jesus? Hey, I'm, I just tell the truth. You don't have to accept it. It's ne that's, never, that's never acceptable. If, if it was a sign of ungodliness then, it's, an un it's a sign of ungodliness now. It's not just words. 
if they're just words, eradicate them from your vocabulary. I mean, it's that simple. Anyhow. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So Peter, again, you know he's feeling miserable. Bible says he was. Then the resurrection. You know, Peter's still trying to work his way in there. He's still trying to work his way in there. That's right. Then before Jesus leaves, he said, then he started talking to Peter again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I do. Feed my sheep. Yes, sir. Now, see, if he had asked him one time, that would have been cool. But when Jesus asked him two more times, that insinuates that maybe he's not being, you know, that Jesus thinks he's not telling the... <laughs> you know how it is, Danny, when your mama asks you something three times? You know on the third time, she's, 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 she don't believe you. Peter, do you really love me? Well, yeah, Lord, I love you. All right, feed my sheep. But Peter, how many of you, listen, doesn't it seem like Peter got picked on? Kind of like some of y'all. Seemed like Peter got picked on and picked on and picked on. But Peter had some of the greatest manifestations. Saw Jesus do things that some of those others never saw. Are y'all hearing this today? Oh, yeah. Was a part of things that some of those old boys, they, they weren't a part of. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered why it was that you were picked on? See, some of you don't realize this. You're, 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 you're up in, in this church, and you're still feeling like you're picked on, still feeling like you're being overlooked, still feel like you're being neglected, still feel like others are getting recognition over you, still feel like that your opportunities are being squandered, and, and uh, you don't have the same opportunities as a... I'm preaching right now. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's every one of you. Uh, let, me, let me just bring it to pastor again here. Uh, you know, when, there were times um, when Ayla first started here at Winter's Church. Ayla came from Richmond. She got born again in that Richmond, Indiana meeting. Lord saved her and did an incredible work in her life. And she moved here to Oklahoma City to attend this church. I would have told her to stay in Richmond, but I had her... Over here, I'm going to send her once she made the decision. I don't think she'd have gone once she settled it. Uh, now that I know her now, back then I thought maybe I might have could have bullied her out of here. I'm not sure she'd have been bullied out of here. Go ahead, man. She didn't come because of me. She came because of the Lord. Yeah. Now, you know what? I, we continued on with revival here, 
And just like Richmond, she went to every revival meeting. You know, I got up and I began to tell folks, man, Ayla, she's at every meeting. And I know some of y'all, I know y'all got to work. And I know, you know, poor you. But you know what? Not poor Ayla. Ayla's just in there, man. She's a trooper, big time. I mean, she just endured and she just went through and she went to work at 5 a.m. And she, you know, she got up at 5 a.m. to go to work. She got home at 3 a.m., got up at 5 a.m. You know, if that's, that's the way that it was. And I began, do you know that, Ayla began to receive some, some, some uh, passive-aggressive behavior toward her. Because it seemed like anyone I'd talk about and say, listen, this person's doing real good, people are like, oh, yeah. here you go. And, and then I'd say something, hey, can I tell y'all something about Ayla? I, I, listen, some of y'all don't know it. Some of y'all don't realize when your eyes roll. Some of y'all don't realize when your eyes roll. But I'd say, I'd say, hey, I want to tell you all testimony about Ayla. And, and I'd watch people go, here we go again with Ayla. Ayla this, Ayla that. Oh, Ayla's just so precious. You know, you know that's how they were talking. That's how people be talking. You know, they get together and say, oh, yeah, Ayla's so precious. Oh, just Ayla, just she, Ayla, 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 Ayla. <laughs> well, you know, you start, I start doing that. I, people, I don't know why, but people start feeling like, well, that's pastor's favorite. That's, well, Ayla's just the teacher's pet. <laughs> well, I bet if Ayla asked him, he'd have said yes. I bet if Ayla had suggested it, we'd have done it. I remember when that was Hilda. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, Hilda's doing a knockout. Hilda, Hilda. And I'd say Hilda, and people were like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Hilda, Hilda, Hilda. <laughs> Tyler, you know, Cherie, Ted. Heck, there was even a parody done in somebody's car. Of, it was the black Ted and the black Ziggy. I won't mention what family it was. Or the two perpetrators of this parody. <laughs> it is a classic, though. If it comes up in a memory, please post it so we can all see it again. But Lewis was me and, and uh, Denny was Ted. And Lewis is all, yeah, I remember when Black Ted got a refill on the fries, right, Black Ted? And Danny in the back going, hee, 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 amen. See, what we, don't, what we don't realize is there are times that God does things that are uncommon. Oh, yeah. He manifests himself in uncommon ways. Right. But 
He requires uncommon things from us. And in those times, you know what it feels like? It feels like that we're being picked on. It feels like that we're being pressed. It feels like that we're being done wrong. It feels like all of a sudden, how, how, in, the, how in the world can I be in such great favor and then all of a sudden fall out so quickly? It's not that we fall out of favor. It's that God's trying to elevate us to the place where we can live in that supernatural manifestation of his spirit. What, what, happened to, what happened to Peter after it was all over with? Well, when it was all over with, who's, when, the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Who was the first one to stand up and to proclaim the truth? It was Peter. Who became the chief apostle? Peter became the chief apostle. Who walked around and had people healed when his shadow passed over him? Peter did. Amen. Who was it that Paul sat under their ministry for a period of time before he went into his own? He sat under Peter's ministry. He sat under Peter's mentorship. Are y'all hearing me today? Instead of belly aching about our troubles and our... Listen, I'm not... I'm, I'm with you. There are times that it gets tough. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are times when it gets difficult. There are times when you are pressed. But we're pressed and not crushed. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. That's right. Amen. See, you're the people that the devil fears. Those that keep coming back for more. Those that keep coming back in spite of the difficulties. Those that remember the value of the treasure of his presence, the manifestation of Jesus, the power of his spirit. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I might fall 10 times, but even in my falling 10 times, I have tasted, I have tasted of the Lord and I've tasted and I have found, I have seen that he is good, that there is nothing better. There's nothing more valuable. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing that's going to see us through to the end. Listen, I have not given up on what God said to me. And you need not give up on what God said to you. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Are y'all hearing this today? Boy, I'm preaching today. It's not even over when the fat lady sings. It ain't over till God says it's over. Amen. So what do you do now? After, after the Spirit of God has worked, after He has moved, after you know what? You keep going. You say, I don't feel the same. It don't matter what you feel, church. Go ahead, man. Maybe that's why I'm watching some of you struggle in your worship. Maybe that's why some of you are disengaged when it comes to worship. Why you seem a bit distracted. Maybe because you're not feeling it. Maybe because there's some tension between, you know, maybe there's some tension in the worship team because of, you know, missed notes and, and uh, things sung in, in the wrong key or played in the wrong key or mistakes made. Let, let me tell you something, church. Heck, we was up in here last week.
We went into a song and you, listen, you couldn't, we were trying. We was trying. I was back there on them drums and I, I got so wrapped up in the, what was happening with the song not being able to be sung that I was, I was frozen. I, I was like a malfunctioning g- gorilla at, uh, at Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> My floppy disk crashed. <laughs> I'm just waiting, you know, waiting, waiting. And I got Gabe in my ear. Thank God I got Gabe in my ear. You know, Gabe is saying, don't panic. Don't panic. I'm like, it's too late, bro. <laughs> it's too late. Too late. Gabe is actually singing. You, you, you all don't know this, but you, you can't hear him. He's actually talking to us sometimes when we're up there. And he is actually singing the song so that people can trying hopefully the people will get the key he's singing it i don't know if you noticed but i was down next to my snare singing into that microphone what song was it we was doing yeah moving forward yeah look michael's like don't remind me (laughs) you know that that stuff happens i'm 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 singing, I'm singing it, I'm singing into the snare mic as loud as I can in hopes that someone will hear it in their in-ear monitors and it is not working. You know what you do when it ain't working? You keep trying to fix it. And thank God, finally at the end of that song, I, I think Miss Rhonda was so nervous. Rachel was so nervous. Everybody was, by that time, no, people stepped back. The whole worship, listen, everybody was so nervous by that time. I saw the whole worship team go like, st- st- <laughs> there was no sound. They were not singing into their mics. They had stepped back, and now they're, they're, they're like lip-syncing to nothing. Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. But you know what I saw happen? Miss Rhonda got up here. She was like, I praise you, Lord. Yeah. Oh. And pretty soon, you know, Gabe's playing. He's like, well. Now that she's relaxed, she caught the note. She caught the note. And then Gabe, and I, I'm still, I'm still, my hard drive still crashed. <laughs> Finally, I just start playing something. I don't even know what it was. I might have been like that little monkey. <laughs> uh, Then Miss Rhonda brought it. You make all things new. Yes, you. And finally, we got over there in the spirit. Well, listen, once you, once you get over there, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. 
Maybe that's it, though. Maybe some of you feel picked on. Maybe you feel the pressure. Maybe you feel the weight. Listen, the only weight you ought to be feeling is the weight of the goodness of God in this hour. Stand up all over this place. You're favored of the Lord. You're favored of the Lord. I I hope this will help some of you to be be able to navigate the waters of what, uh, what the Lord is wanting to do in your lives, not just in the near future, but in the distant future. You know, if God's, if God's really going to use you, guess what? You're going to have to toughen up. That's right. You're going to have to be able to withstand the attack of the enemy. Amen. Y'all understand that, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be able to withstand the attack of the enemy, whether it comes through a stranger or it comes through your brother. Because when the attack comes through a stranger... It, it, it don't sting that much. But when it's the person that sat next to you for three years, four years, if it's that person that you held hands with and lifted up your hands during praise and worship, that you formed relationships with, the people you grew up with, the husband you married, the wife you married, Your mother, your father. Nothing stings worse than when. (sighs) Nothing stings worse. No, I'm not talking to you, buddy. Go ahead. You know what? It's not God chastising us. It's not God trying to lower us down. It's not, it's not even people. God does uncommon things for you. Amen. He expects uncommon things from you. God ain't trying to hurt your feelings. He's just trying to persuade you that what he said is right. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You're going to do this. At the end end of your journey, at the end of your journey, see, I'm I'm not trying to get you all through this week. That's not what I'm trying to do. You know, this isn't a message to try to get you all through this week. I've never been that kind of preacher. Y'all know me. Y'all know that. that. That's not the kind of church this is. Hey, five steps to you making the next five days. Here's what you do Monday. Here's what you do Tuesday. Come back next Sunday. I'll tell you how to get through the next five days. No. We're going to live from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God has shown up for us in supernatural ways. What he's doing with us is uncommon, always has been. God's done such, and listen, I don't care. Some people, you don't think you're special? Absolutely we do. If we had a short bus, we'd ride in it. That's how special we are. (laughs) 
Now see, there'll be some be offended at that, you know. No, I believe we're special. I've always believed that God had something for me that was extraordinary, that was beyond what he had for, for some others. And not because, not because he thought that highly of me, it was just how it ended up. I couldn't have I couldn't have changed it. I couldn't have persuaded him to do something less with me. And I can't persuade him to do anything more. He constructed me. He built me. He made me for, for his purpose. He designed me for what he wanted to do in me. And there's some of you, you're brand new here. Gil and Anna, y'all have been here a year today. A year today. Y'all have been here. Thank God. I miss y'all's year anniversary, uh, Rachel and Brandon. I, I've, y'all have been here longer than a year. Y'all been here what, a year and uh, is it two, so it'll be two years in September. Two years in September. And some of y'all are just new. Daniel's new to us. We're glad to have you. Praise God. And there's, there's some others that are new to us. We're, we're glad y'all. And then there are some that were apart with us, and then they've been other places, and now they're coming and hanging out with us some, and we're glad to have them. We're glad for all that the Lord is doing here in Winter's Church. I do want you to realize something. God hadn't called you to something common. God's called you to labor here. He's called you to labor here because there's something, there's something extraordinary that he intends to do through your life. And we're not, and we're not, and we're not going to sit around and let that, and let that be squandered. I'm a pusher. I'm going to keep pushing. Lindsay's been apart for a long time. It's just, she just started coming regular in the last year. Yes, you know, (laughs) we can't pinpoint it. We can't pinpoint it. But we're just going to keep pushing. And what's going to happen one day is that extraordinary manifestation of Jesus is going to come upon you. Maybe, maybe it happened with you in the last several months. But if it didn't, don't sweat it. Listen, if you're still listening to me and saying, man, I wish I'd have gotten some of that, it's all right. You still have an opportunity. We're still pressing into God for greater. But in the after of what we've seen, we're not losing anything. We've not lost nothing. Don't let your brain, don't let your mind, don't let your flesh talk you into that somehow or another you're stepping backwards. You're not stepping backwards. You're moving forward in the name of Jesus. You don't feel the way that you did. You don't feel the inspiration that you felt. But neither did Peter after a while. At some point, you have to just hang on by faith. You have to trust God. It's all right. She's a runner. She's a runner. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, I thank you. How many of you received this today? I know it wasn't a traditional Easter resurrection type of message. It never is 
I just don't ever preach uh, traditional. I don't think, maybe once or twice. But what better way to celebrate Resurrection Day than to understand that we may, we've been made alive in Him. And what God has given you, it goes way beyond, way beyond, way beyond. Marissa, way beyond. I mean, some of us had, some of us have had to fight with our family just to be faithful to what God said. Some some claim Marissa's only been faithful to a man. She knows good and well as the Lord drug her from over there in Virginia to Oklahoma City. He didn't have you didn't have to kick and scream. He wasn't kicking and screaming either. You came with joy. Thank God. Thank God. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we're, we're, we're embracing today your purpose. We're embracing, God, your design, your plan, your idea. Lord, we're embracing the manifestation of your spirit. And, Lord, I know that there are some who have experienced a greater measure than others seemingly in this hour. But, God, we're not giving up. Not a one of us are giving up on what you have for us. And so, Lord, my prayer is is that you will put a fire and a passion, a zeal in your people, unquenchable, unstoppable, Lord, unmovable, that no matter what obstacle they face, no matter what they come against, that they will be faithful to you, that they will understand, Lord, that what you have given them is uncommon. What you've done in them is supernatural. That there are some that have never experienced what they've experienced. And some never will. But Lord, what you've done for us, we won't take it for granted. We won't take it lightly. Lord, we understand that you're entrusting us and giving us stewardship over something, Lord, that we know will bring about change throughout the entire world. And so, Father, keep working your work in us. Keep doing whatever it is you got to do in and through us in the name of Jesus. Continue to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Continue to fill our minds and our, our, uh, our souls with your wisdom, with your understanding. And let rivers out of our spirit, let there be rivers of living water pour out of our belly and spring forth in this hour to fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to take it. I want you to lay your hand on someone that's close to you. Just put your hand upon them. Now, Father, as we lay our hands upon each other, Lord, we pray that your spirit, that there would be a transfer of the anointing. Lord, that there would be a that there will be a transfer of the anointing from one to the other. Lord, that what we've shared in, it'll be shared with others. What we've shared with you will be shared with others by the Spirit. Lord, that there'll be an overflow out of us and into others in the name of Jesus, into our brothers and into our sisters. Lord, may the anointing that's in us stir the anointing that is in them in Jesus' name. Pray that over them right now. Pray that the anointing that's in you will stir the anointing in the people that you're laying your hands on.
May the anointing that's in each one of us stir one another in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're raising us up. You're raising us up for your purpose, for your glory, for your honor. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been wanting to share. What I've been wanting to share really is how that where we have been in the past is the former move of the Spirit and how God's trying to graduate us into the next move of the Spirit. For some reason, I can't get to it. I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the path to sharing this with you, but I haven't been able... I mean, it should have been easy to share. It should have been a one and done, but it's turned into a four and, and none. But let's see what happens next week. But I, I, we are getting there. Boy, I could, see, I could see the Lord working on y'all. God's helping us right now. What I, what I said today, release something in your spirit. You know, sometimes we come to church, we need a prophecy. Every one of you is leaving here with a prophet. God spoke to you today and stirred something in your spirit. Now, now let it work. Listen, don't, don't, add to, don't try to add your stuff to it. Just let it work. Let God work how he wants to work in you and through you. Let that word work in you. Take it as a thus saith the Lord, as a personal prophecy, what the Lord said to you today. And uh, uh, I'm going to turn you loose here today to spend the rest of your day with your family on this wonderful, beautiful resurrection day. Listen, I love every one of you. Those of you that are here visiting with us, thank you for coming. If you don't have a church home, I just want to say this to you. Welcome home. Welcome home. If you don't have a place, this is your place. There is a place for you here at Winner's Church. Are we radical? Absolutely. Uh, but you know what? If you're not so radical and you need a place to land, uh, this could be your place too. You just have to put up with a lot of crazy. It's just all, I mean, really, that's really all it is. But uh, I definitely I definitely want to uh, uh, encourage you, uh, come to church and come every time the doors are open. It'll, it'll help you. It'll bless you. So, uh, Father, I thank you for all that you've said and done here today. Let your hand continue to rest upon your people today, Father. Let your spirit continue to move within them and upon them. God, I'm so grateful for what you've said to us today. Uh, may it be, may it be uh, processed in each one of us in a way, Lord, that will take us to the next level in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Listen, Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do.